Amen. Don't you love Jesus tonight? Man, I'm glad Jesus is in the house. Praise the Lord. I'm glad you're in the house too. Amen. Man, God is so good. Amen. And, and he's faithful, isn't he? And uh, he's just, a, a, he's just a, a good God. Man, I'm glad to be alive in 2020. Somebody said it's been a bad year. Oh, man, it's a good life living for the Lord. I found all my life that God's been good to me, amen, and so uh, I'm, I'm just glad that uh, I serve a God that's got it all together. When the world don't know what's happening, Jesus does, amen, and I'm glad to be a part of the family of God, amen. We're glad you're here tonight, and by the way of offering, uh, we do have these stations set out throughout the church, and uh, if you would give your tithes and your offerings tonight, God would richly bless you, and we appreciate your giving into the kingdom of heaven. Amen. Don't you love Jesus? Man, he's the lover of my soul. All my life, man, he's just been the lover of my soul. So tonight's prayer meeting, and I've been thinking ever since Brother Randy asked me about three minutes ago. No. Ever since Brother Randy asked me if I'd say something about prayer and stuff, and I've really been trying to think, Lord, you know, man, we've been doing this thing for almost three and four years, and uh, we've had some, I, I tell you what, I, I have been blessed with some of these lady speakers that's just broke some bread of life to us and just gave us some good word. And uh, I, I've just been fascinated and excited about uh, different ones, men and women, that have spoken throughout these uh, weeks and months and years that uh, uh, the ability that God has given you guys to share with us your, your word and what God's word says has just been phenomenal. And it's been great. And um, so, you know, you're always trying to come up with something new. Jesus, help me out today. <laughs> Give me a new word that would touch their, I mean, there's not a new word. His word is the same yesterday, today, and forever. But you always want something a little bit different that would just make an, a lasting impact, that would just minister, and that would touch you in a way that nobody else can touch you. And so I've been praying, and I asked the Lord. And so I, I, I feel like that God gave me this message tonight, and I feel like that um, uh, it's for the church, and it's for me as well. And uh, one thing about the word of God is that when you study it, you know, you think, oh, Jesus, I need you to come down from heaven and just do a work in my life because I need to uh, have a word that I can give to your people. And uh, I've, I've never, never failed me that uh, every time you try to seek something out for your people, I think God tries to teach us something. And he's trying to talk to us at the same time, you know. And so sometimes when we feel like we're sharing it, we're just getting something that we need as well. And that's just how good God is. But in uh, Luke chapter 11, I, I, I love this chapter and I've, I've found a lot of things in here. But I was fascinated at what I began to think about. The disciples was there and they was sitting around and they was talking to Jesus. And you know, the main thing that Jesus' disciples wanted from him wasn't how does he walk in the power. It wasn't 
how does he preach so phenomenal? And it even wasn't, God, how do you do those miracles? It wasn't when they was talking to him and, and they was asking him questions. They didn't ask him about his teaching and his preaching ability. They didn't ask him, man, about the power of Almighty God. And they didn't say, man, Lord, we just seen you do many miracles. How did you do that? But you know what they asked him? He said, Lord, in chapter one, it says, now it came to pass as it was at a place when he ceased that one of the disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. I thought, I thought, man, that's pretty powerful. They didn't ask about the power of Almighty God that he has. They didn't ask about anything uh, that, you know, in the natural mind that we would think. They just said simply, Lord, we've seen what you could do and we've seen the things you've done. But teach us how to pray. I found that pretty powerful. Because there's a secret to the prayer that Jesus prayed to the Father. In Luke 11, we see Jesus sitting down with his disciples and they are asking him questions. I'm not sure about all of you, but if I was there, I would say, hey, Jesus, where'd you get all that power? <laughs> hey, Jesus, how'd you get to heal people like you're doing? How did you get to do the things that you're doing? How did you get to allow miracles to be in the house wherever you're at? But that's not what they asked. They just said, teach us to pray. The disciples was able to see one thing that all of us should see, and that was we need a need of prayer. It was Jesus' connection to his father to allow him to walk in the power of God. So instead they asked Jesus, Jesus, just simply teach us how to pray. And so tonight, if I can, just for a minute, I want to talk about the power of prayer and Lord, teach us to pray. If we ever see the first thing that Jesus prayed to the Father, he was just not praying to the air or to some force of nature, but he was praying to his heavenly Father. He wasn't just simply talking to just be talking but he was really praying to the Father in heaven. And he also said in the scriptures in Luke chapter 11, there it went on and he said, Father, I thank you for hearing me. You always do hear me. That's powerful to know that God always hears him, isn't it? <clears throat> I wonder sometimes uh, if our children really hear us. And when they speak to us, and my girls can tell you about all the whippings they've had. In John 17, Jesus said, Father, six times in John chapter 17, he said, Father. Jesus knew who he was talking to. We also see Jesus praying alone or in a secret garden or in a secret place. Luke 5 and 16 and Mark 1 and 35, him and the Father alone in prayer. We as a church have to fight to get away to pray. Sometimes Jesus went out and 
You'll find him in different places throughout the Bible where he went and prayed to the Father. Sometimes he just had to get alone. This is the thing that really got me. It's because I do like to pray, and when I get into a prayer mode, I love it. But I find myself so many times so busy with life that I pray, Father, keep your hand up on my family. Watch out over them. I plead the blood of Jesus over my family, my grandchildren, uh, Texas, Illinois, Missouri. I plead the blood over them. Watch them. And, you know, I go through them kind of prayers. But Jesus wants us to go through real prayers. A prayer where we go into a place whether it's alone or whether it's in a secret place at your house, that there's no distractions. Because him and the Father was alone, and I'm sure that Jesus left that example for us, that sometimes he just wants some alone time with us. My wife is constantly saying, when are we going to do time for us? I said, babe, just as soon as I get this done, we're going to. And I find myself looking at Jesus and saying, Jesus, I'm going to do it real soon. And then we forget that lone time. Because, see, I think there's intimacy in our lone time with Jesus. The secret to success in God is finding that place in him alone. Him and the Father always knew how to pray, whether it was alone. We as a church have to fight to keep and to get away to pray. We had to fight to get away. Sometimes I'll go into the prayer closet and I'm thinking, hallelujah, Jesus. I'll text him in a minute. <laughs> and then we just keep praying, but then the phone keeps ringing. We go into a place of prayer, but we don't leave that behind. We forget about maybe going into a coffee shop or to a park or to a place and just allow yourself to be just you and Jesus. Because I believe with, when it becomes just you and Jesus, lives begin to be changed. Men and women begin to be transformed. Deliverance begins to take place. Healings and miracles begin to be wrought. Because it's no longer about us, but it's about Him. See, Jesus knew the key to prayer was to the Father. And in six times in chapter 17 of St. John, I believe it was, Father was used those times. As Jesus was praying, he said, Father, I'm fixing to leave this world and I'm fixing to part this world. But I don't want you to leave. I don't want to leave these people comfortless. I pray for these people, he said. As he looked out across, and he, maybe they, he looked across the mountains and maybe looked across the wayside. He said, I'm leaving this world and I'm leaving this nation, Israel. He said, but don't leave them comfortless. He said, they're going to have trials. They're going to have tribulations. He said, I'm not asking you to take it out of them. I'm not take, asking you to take that away from them, but I'm asking you to be with it through it. And so sometimes when we find that place of prayer, maybe we forget that Jesus wants us to pray to him. That when we pray about things that need to be prayed about, 
then all of a sudden us interceding for them, things begin to happen out there. It's a thought. He knew the Father and what it was all about. Matthew 6 and 6 says, go to thy room and play, pray. See, I believe there's a place in God that we can all go to. I believe more than anything in this world, more than healing, more than miracles, more than deliverance, I believe that God wants to have time with us. And I'm a firm believer when we do those things, those other things begin to happen. What does shutting the door mean? It just means simply that you're being with the Father alone. The cell phones don't go in there. The networks don't go in there. Nobody can distract you and get your mind off of your purpose and your plan that God has for you. Sometimes I think that we get so busy with, with life that we forget what God's really wanting to do for us. And not just for us, because see, Jesus prayed alone a lot of times. He went places and he got up. And also he got up early in the morning. Prayer early. We see Jesus in Mark 1 and 35, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up and left the house and went out and to solitary, a place where he prayed. Let's face it, life is crazy. We're always busy. Time has got a hold of us to get away from anything. Prayer in the morning is probably one of the best things that we could do. Now, I'm a night person. I can pray in the middle of the night. I, there's something about night that I love. I don't mind it. And I'm sure if I'd get up at 4 o'clock in the morning and start praying, I'd feel a whole lot better too. But Jesus often got up early in the morning and left and went and prayed. And see, I think that everything that Jesus done, he set an example for us. Amen? Let's face it, it's not easy to pray. Sometimes we don't know how to pray, and sometimes we don't know what to pray for, and sometimes we get so caught up with everything that our minds are so bogged down by everything else that we, we got distraction there that we can't even get our minds and our hearts set into prayer. But I promise if we'll take time out of our busy schedule and go for a ride and just listen to some gospel music and allow the Holy Spirit just to enter into our spirit man, then all of a sudden something begins to revive in us. And something begins to stir in us. A great quote from James Hudson Taylor. I don't know if you know James Hudson Taylor or not. But one of his great quotes was, May the sun never arise on China without finding me in prayer. Gosh, I think that's so powerful. May the sun never rise in China and you not find me in prayer. That's a man that had a mission that was besides what he wanted. The eyes of the Lord will go to and fro looking for those throughout the whole earth who has a heart and who is loyal to him. Luke 5 and 16, Jesus prayed often. John 15 and 1 and 8 talks about if, if, if we abide in him, we are to be connected with him, that he'll be connected with us and on and on and on. And Jesus often prayed for direction before he made big decisions. I've, I've failed in that area before. 
I'm not often prayed for direction in some decisions. Some decisions, I've simply said, I'm going to do it. And then when I did it, it wasn't the best decision. Whatever he did, he made prayer a big part of it. He made his life before anything. He wrapped it up in prayer. Jesus went out into the mountain to pray and spend the night in prayer to God, the Bible said in Luke 6 and 12. Tell us, Jesus, how is it? He said, I ain't got time, boys. I got to go spend some time with the Father. We also seen him before he went to the cross. Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. See, when, 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 you, when you in the flesh, you don't want to drink the cup. But when you get in the spirit and Jesus, as he began to pray, the Bible said that his sweats become as great drops of blood. He had the, the weight of the world on his shoulders and he you know, wanted his disciples to pray. He always, he always tried to get a few men around him to pray. He'd go back and check them out, but they'd be falling asleep. But Jesus, that night, he began to pray because he knew what was fixing to happen. And he said, Lord, I don't want to go that way. If there is another way, let's do it. But when you begin to pray and you begin to seek God and you begin to get into a place in God, then you get to a place where you say, but not my will, God. Your will be done. There's a place in God that God says, I want your will and not my will. There's a place when you get there that you put away your fleshly desires and your fleshly want and the things that might not be good for us, that might hurt us, that might cause us a little pain, that might cost us our life. Then we say, you know what, Jesus, this is, not, this, this is what it's all about. It's not about my will. It's about your will be done in my life. Let your life, let my life be glorified in you. Let your will be done in me, Jesus. You find that Jesus prayed. And if we got big things in our life coming up, Jesus said, pray about it. We got big decisions to make. Jesus said, pray about it. Let, let, let me lead and guide you into all truth. The Bible said, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. He leads us. He guides us. And that's what prayer is all about tonight is allowing the Holy Spirit and him direct us. What's going to happen in three or four weeks from now? Hmm. I don't know, but I want the Holy Spirit to lead this church in whatever we have to face. See, I believe that we see Jesus praying for people that needed a miracle. We see him praying for children. He told us to do that, and we should do the same. And Jesus also prayed for us. Lord, I pray that you take them not out of the world. I pray that you take them not out of tribulation. I pray that you take them not out of trouble. But, Lord, I pray that you be with them in the trouble. Man, there's something about Jesus being with me. Because then I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. See, then I can square my shoulders back and say, I'm on the, the Lord's on my side and I'm on his side. 
A thousand could fall at my side, 10,000 at my right hand, but it shall not come nigh unto me. You know why? Because Jesus is with me. And the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to pull them down every stronghold. See, when we get in the spirit realm, things begin to change. Our atmosphere changes. Our thinking changes. The atmosphere all around us begins to change. You know, all of a sudden we, we, we do feel like that we're somebody in the Lord. And Jesus also prayed for us in Luke 22, 31 through 32. Jesus told Peter, hey, Peter, this is powerful because he's our intercessor tonight. Peter, Satan has desired to swift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you. Listen, Satan wants to take us out. But we got a heavenly father tonight that says, hey, I've done, I've done interceded for her. I've done prayed for him. <laughs> Satan, Peter, has desired to swift you as we come to take you out. Come to take you out. He said, Peter, Peter, I pray that when you are converted, woo, this is powerful. I pray that when you're converted, that you'll strengthen the brother. Peter made a mistake around the fire. I don't know that man. I don't know that man. And then the Bible said he said a few curse words. Not brother Peter. Remember, Jesus just told him, said, Peter, Satan's desire is to swift you out of this thing. But Peter, I pray for you. And Peter, when you're converted, I'm praying. And that word converted in the Greek simply means, Peter, when you turn around from your thinking, I want you to go strengthen the brethren. When you turn around from your stinking thinking. And so what did Peter do? On the day of Pentecost, got up and preached, this is that. 3,000 souls got saved. Woo! God's good. And sometimes we might fail the test, but Jesus has already prayed for us. So see, in Luke 22, Jesus said, Peter, I have prayed for you. Aren't you glad that God's prayed for us? He wants us to walk in love and pray one for another. Jesus not only prayed alone, but he also prayed with others. In the garden that day, he said, could you not tarry with me for one hour? So it's not just an individual prayer. We pray individually tonight, church. Yes, we do. We probably pray more individually than we should, than we do corporately. Because we should be praying every day and we've not got everybody here all the time. But we do pray individually every day. But Jesus also says, listen, I want you to come together corporately and pray. For if two of you agree on earth as touching any one thing, I'll be in the midst. Where two or three of you gathered in my name, I'm there, he said, in 18 and 20 of St. Matthew. The early church kept praying. Even when, when Jesus had ascended back to the Father, the early church kept praying. The Bible said in Acts, and I'm fixing to close, in Acts 1 and 14, they all joined together constantly in prayer 
praying, praying, praying. Luke 3 and 21 through 22, Matthew 14 and 23, Mark 6 and 46, Jesus is praying. Jesus prayed for us. He prayed for the lost. He prayed for the world. The word, the father just constantly prayed to the father. He he even prayed, not my will, but your be done. God prayed with passion. He prayed with faith. He prayed and said, he said, keep asking. He prayed, said, keep knocking. He prayed and said, keep seeking. And that's what he's telling us. Keep knocking, keep praying, keep seeking. Matthew 26, 39 and 42, through 42. He didn't want to put. Jesus prayed to the Father. He prayed to the Father in secret. He prayed alone. Bible said that Jesus prayed early. Also said that he prayed often. He also prayed for direction. He also prayed for others. And he also prayed with others. We also see Jesus prayed before and after. He prayed before and he prayed after power was released into his ministry. He prayed the Bible. He prayed God's word. He prayed with passion. He prayed with faith and persistence. Knowing his prayer may not be answered, he still prayed anyways. He prayed as if he wanted every need to be met. How many times have we prayed and maybe our prayer hadn't been answered in the way that we thought it was, or way it should be? He always wanted and believed and expected his prayers to be answered. Jesus prayed and he left a great example for us tonight to pray. If you ever get a chance, read St. John chapter 17. I think it's one of the greatest prayers. I know uh, we talk about in Matthew where it talks about our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Then it also goes into different types of of prayer and but John to me gets it down to where we're living I love you God from the world you and I have been together and we've seen this and that and you've done this and that and you've been with me in this time and so tonight church my my point was and is that I believe that We're on the brink of something. I believe that we're in an hour and a time and in a a decade, in a year 2020 where things has been just kind of squirrely and crazy. And we pray about things and maybe God hasn't showed up yet. We pray about the pandemic that's here and we pray about the elections and we pray about everything that's happening. We pray about people's jobs being lost. We pray about this and our kids at school and different things. Seemingly, I won't speak to you for you, but I'll speak for me. It's seemingly like sometimes I feel like the heavens are kind of shut at this moment. 
Because I don't hear a lot what God is doing and saying at the moment. But I feel that there's something in the spirit realm that's fixing to happen. I feel that there's a, a, a noise starting to be made. I feel that there's a movement that's fixing to blow through. I'm not sure yet exactly what it is, but I know that God's not dead. He's still alive. And I know that I'm his child. And I know that he sees America and everything that we're going through. And we can pin it down to say, well, she's sinned and she's messed up. She might have. But I know the church is still here. And because the church is here, I hear the rush of a wind fixing to blow upon the church. And something's fixing to transpire in the spirit realm. Because God will not be mocked. And he will come alive in this day and age when we need him to come alive. God's voice back a month ago when Billy Graham had thousands, uh, 70 to 100,000 people in Washington, D.C. praying. <clears throat> I do not believe for one minute that people all across the United States and across the foreign fields that pray that God just turned a deaf ear to us. I believe he heard us. And in closing, remember when the, the Lord said, the angel of God said, thou art highly favored in heaven, Daniel. And the thing that you've been praying about, he said, you know, I want to tell you something. God heard you the first day. God's heard our prayers already. But sometimes there's a battle in the heavenlies. We're, we're not fighting flesh and blood. We're fighting spiritual wickednesses in high places. And sometimes those wickednesses has got to be destroyed and cast down. And it could be Gabriel and all them fighting for us. But I do know that we're going to come out on top, church. If we'll keep praying, and that's what it's all about, find your place and pray. Find your secret place in God because it's not over until God says it's over. And whether it's the pandemic, whether it's you going through financial problems, whether it's you going through heartaches, whether you're going through things that's happening in your family, it doesn't matter. Pray. There's a God in heaven that says, listen, I've heard you the first day, and the answer's on the way. Would you stand with me tonight? Did you kind of get what I'm trying to say? All right, that's two yeses. Hallelujah. Pray. The key to deliverance, the key to prayer, the key to miracles, the key to anything happening in our lives, church, it's going to come through prayer. No other way will it be coming through. The key to you getting victory over anything is going to come through prayer. 
It's not just about you, but it's about the one across the aisle from you. Sometimes God might just wake you up in the middle of the night at three in the morning and you need to intercede for somebody. And one of your brothers and sisters in the Lord might need God right at that hour. And your intercession is going to make a breakthrough for them. And I'm not just talking to blow in the wind, but I'm telling truth. Prayer changes the course of things. Prayer changes the direction of things tonight. And by the way of prayer, I just want you to come and you find you a place to pray, whether you want to come down here, kneel in your seat. We'll pray corporately tonight that God will just let his will be done in this church.